this morning. Hello. I think my mic's on now. Uh, what a joy to be with all of you in this house of worship and sanctuary on a day such as today that punctuates the frailty and vulnerability of human life to come and declare our faith in Jesus Christ again as we mark this time of moving into Lent. Uh, we want to let you all know that Pastor Drew fully intended to be with us here tonight, uh, but his baby Barrett is having some difficulty breathing. We're sure he's going to be okay, but, uh, but he is with Barrett, and, uh, and you're in good hands with us tonight. So we just want to let you know that Drew's prayers are with us tonight, even as we are praying for Drew and Barrett and the Sam's family. So welcome to this worship service and let us begin in this call to worship. I will read one if you'll read all. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. You turn us back to dust and say, turn back you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night.
Psalm 103. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, on his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. This is the word of the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his Pray together. 
Holy God, you are our guide into the wilderness and into testing. And in Jesus Christ, you have shown us the fast that you choose. That we would practice compassion, that we would practice justice. So Lord, teach us. Teach us to follow him in truth and in grace. To give and to serve and to live. Lord, would you reshape, would you restore, would you renew us? by the power of your Holy Spirit so that we might receive the way of life that is the true reward to the faithful. I pray these things for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Reading from Isaiah chapter 58. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. I call to you from out of the deep, O Lord Most High, aware of my sin and the distance I keep. From the light, O Lord, but there is forgiveness with Thee, and 
Friends, I'm going to read to you from the Gospel of Luke, a familiar text perhaps, and apt for, as Kim said as we began, (laughs) this season, we're on the threshold to march into the wilderness. Listen 
to God's word. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during these days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. And then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all of the kingdom of the world. And the devil said to Jesus, to you, I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please, if you then will worship me. It will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the high pinnacle of the temple and there said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. And then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee. This, my friends, is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Here we are, God remembering your words to Joel, even now, return to me with all your heart, with your fasting and weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Amen. So 40 days is a long time. A long time to be without food or water. But did you catch what it said as that text began? Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And in and through and by the power of the Spirit, he went 
This particular gospel says he was led to the wilderness. Some say he was driven. Led or driven, we all, you and I, have an invitation to the wilderness that Lent provides. You and I cannot escape wilderness. In Jewish numerology, 40 is a significant number. Mike and I got to be with the preschool children here this morning in the chapel, and we were trying to think of a way to explain Ash Wednesday to a (laughs) three-year-old. And uh, they get long, long waits, and we kind of said, okay, do it with your fingers. We'll count it together how many times you put out five fingers. It's a long time. And of course, uh, Noah knew of 40 days and nights, didn't he? And Moses and the Israelites. And you and I are invited to step into the next 40 days and consider what wilderness Christ encountered and what wilderness you are in or may be in or have been in. Ash Wednesday, this season of Lent, invites us to a lot of self-reflection. It invites us to remember. It invites us to confession when we remember our sin. It invites us to remember the cross and all it is. And it invites us to remember our wildernesses. Now, wilderness, desert are big themes in the scriptures. I don't know what images come to you. For me, I think of cactus and hot and dry and being parched. Wildernesses can be wild and they can be hard and they can be harsh. I suspect because none of us escape wilderness at some point in our life, you can recall some of the pains and the struggles of your wilderness. The desert, the wilderness, is a testing place of sorts. And deep faith gets us there, and deep faith gets us through it. Deep faith, Jesus filled with the Spirit. And the question for you and maybe me is how is Jesus inviting us even tonight to embrace the wilderness of your life, of your heart, the wilderness within? It's not up to us to fix everything. God initiates breaking into our heart's chaos with blessing and provision. God initiates, and sometimes we need pause or silence or a darkened sanctuary where we come together to listen and hear the whispers of his invitation and word to us. We get into the wildernesses 
in different ways. When we own our own sin and its consequences, when we get caught in the line of someone else's sin, when the evil one attacks us. And we get there by life's circumstance and disappointment at times. For some, the sting of singleness when you long to be married. For some, the sting of loss when your beloved has died. For some, broken relationship or lost dream, whatever it is, life circumstance, we've all been in a place where we can encounter the wilderness with God or without God. And sometimes God takes us to the deserts of our lives. Sometimes we feel led by God there and sometimes we're driven there and sometimes we don't like that, do we? And the truth about these wilderness walks is that it's not always a linear, straight line, like all or nothing. Part of your life may be fine, and another part, not so much so. And there is a continuum of the length of time or the severity of our wildernesses, and there are lots of questions we sometimes hold. And God invites them, those questions that you may not hear an answer to while there or ever until we are before Jesus. Have you ever had the thought, I don't get it, God? Or is it just me? Yeah, I don't get it. There's a lot I don't get. But along the way, I'm learning to trust that I don't have to get it all. But I still get to go through the wilderness. So in the wilderness, we might have some harsh realities because there are snakes and scorpions and things such as that. But we also might find God's provision because there was manna in a wilderness. There was water in a wilderness. Jesus had angels who came and ministered to him in the desert. In the wilderness, you can find God's presence. And that's the beauty of it. And that's what beckons us. Step in to the wilderness this night. Some of us will walk, some of us will wander, and in this process, we're invited to let go and maybe to wrestle a bit. It's a beautiful, beautiful verse that the prophet Hosea says. The wilderness will lead you to your heart, and there I will speak. The wilderness, God says will lead you to your heart, and there he will speak. No Christian escapes a taste of the wilderness, but it can be a place 
of transformation. It is the way to the promised land. And what we have to learn from Jesus is his response to temptation after temptation after temptation. He knew, he lived, he breathed the word of God. That we stand as men and women on the word of God. Take it with you into the desert. It's why I think memory work, though that may feel like you're in grade school, memorizing the word of God is so important because you don't know when that verse, that phrase gets tucked so deep within that you need it and you speak it. And it's a tool for our wildernesses. So how is God speaking to the desert of your heart right now? In Joel, we hear the words, come, come to me in the wilderness, and I'll whisper to you there. What is God whispering to you this night? I'm going to read to you a a blessing for beginning the wilderness before we step in and do some heart work in our confession. I'm not a read from a phone person, so, you know, forgive me. (laughs) I'm old-fashioned, but we didn't know about this, so you're getting it this way. (laughs) This is a blessing for you. If you would enter into the wilderness, do not begin without a blessing. Do not leave without hearing who you are, beloved, named by the one who has traveled this path before you. Do not go without letting it echo in your ears, beloved. And if you find it's hard to let it into your heart, do not despair. That is what the journey is for. I cannot promise this blessing will free you from danger or from fear or from hunger or thirst or the scorching of the sun or the fall of the night. But I can tell you that on this path there is help. I can tell you that on this way there is rest. I can tell you that you will know the strange graces that come to our aid only on a road such as this. Those graces that fly to meet us bearing comfort and strength that come alongside us for no other cause than to lean themselves toward our ear and with their curious insistence whisper our name. Beloved. 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 We don't get to go to the wilderness alone. 
but we go as God's beloved ones. Amen. It's always been interesting to me. We talked about it the other day, the pastors, about how services like this, when we hear from you, seem to be so welcomed, needed, dare I say for some, even their favorites. Because it deals with the truth of who we are. And you and I are sinful people. And though each Sunday in worship we speak our confessions in one way or another, tonight as we call to confession and we through a litany that we will share, tonight we give voice together to the community. We begin our journey to Resurrection Day with a sign of ashes the ancient sign that speaks of the frailty and uncertainty of human life. In receiving it, we acknowledge our need for repentance and for the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, now, let us confess our sins together using a litany of penitence. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another and to the whole communion of saints in heaven and on earth that we have sinned by our own fault in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. We have not listened to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. We confess to you, O oh God, all our past unfaithfulness, the pride, the hypocrisy, and the impatience in our lives. Our self-indulgent appetites and ways and our exploitation of other people. Our anger at our own frustration and our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves. Our intemperate love of worldly goods and comforts and our dishonesty in daily life and work. Our negligence in prayer and worship and our failure to commend the faith that is in us. Accept our repentance, O God, for the wrongs we have done, for our neglect 
of human need and suffering and our indifference to injustice and cruelty. For all false judgments, for charitable thoughts towards our neighbors, for uncharitable thoughts towards our neighbors, and for our prejudice and contempt towards those who are different from us. For our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us, Restore us, O oh God, to unhindered communion with you. Your mercy is great. God's mercies are great, great indeed. We are going to invite you in a moment, if you feel so led, to come to various areas in our sanctuary to receive the imposition of ashes. The tradition has it that the palms that were waved on Palm Sunday a year ago get burnt and made into ashes, I confess. I don't know if that's the case here, but it doesn't matter. We are called in our repentance to be marked and sealed with the sign of the cross, to hear those jarring, truthful words Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But we don't return without the strength of the symbol of the one who calls you beloved and went to the cross for your sake. Some of you may choose to remain in your seats and not receive the imposition. There's no pressure here. Some will want to be marked with the sign of the cross on their forehead. Some, perhaps, on your wrist. We all have a level playing ground, friends. We're all going to die. It's the truth. So how do you want to live? Don't you want to live sealed with the truth of what that cross represents. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world gives us his mercy even to receive these ashes. So servers, if you would come.
Sometimes I feel like a motherless Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost gone. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost gone. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost
In the wilderness, the enemy wants us to think that we have been abandoned, that we are beyond the bounds of God's grace or remembrance, that we are alone. This is a lie. And we are not people who are of the lie. We are people of the promise. And there are no bounds to God's love and grace. God speaking to the prophet Hosea said, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went far from me. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. For I am God and no mortal. The Holy One in your midst. And I will not come in wrath. And it is Jesus the fulfillment of this promise who says, I will not leave you orphaned. I come to you. And it is at his invitation that we come to this table. It is this one who has known us from the moment we were formed in our mother's womb, this one eternal one who has prepared this table 
scripture tells us that when Jesus was led into the wilderness and after he was famished without food for 40 days after he survived, not only that physical stress, but the temptation of the evil one, we are told that the angels were sent to minister to him. And just like Elisha, there in the wilderness, we believe he was fed. And so it may very possibly be that this first meal with Jesus, as we begin Lent, was a meal that the Father shared with the Son. A meal that in the power of the Holy Spirit we are invited into into this holy of holies, this place where the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Father and the Son loves us. And I declare unto you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and after he blessed it, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which I give for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. Having blessed it, he poured it. He says, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Our brother, the Apostle Paul, reminds us that as often as we eat this bread, we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. We believe this to be a means of grace, a way in which God demonstrates his love and reminds us of his love. Every time we partake in communion, may it be a means of grace, grace for the journey. Grace for the invitation into the wilderness. An invitation into the wilderness where you do not walk alone, but Christ walks with you. So as you take this bread and you dip it into the cup and you ingest it into your body, may it be a reminder that you are not alone, that Christ walks with you. If you're in need of gluten-free elements, you can find them over by the prayer chapel. We pray over these elements as we continue in worship. Faithful, merciful, patient, kind, gracious, invitational God. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for inviting us into the wilderness because it is, it is there where we, where we find ourselves and we are faced with who we are. And it is there that we meet with you. It is there where you care for us and you comfort us and you nurture and you provide for us. Lord, this invitation is to be with you 
to walk with you. And so, Lord, as we do, as we respond to this invitation into the wilderness, would you take these common elements of bread and cup? Would you transform them for the extraordinary purpose to be a means of grace for us on the journey? Jesus, that we would be reminded every day, everywhere, and, every, and with everyone that you walk with us, that we are not alone. Ultimately, Lord, we pray these things because we desire for your glory to be made known. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. There will be stations around the front by the cross here in the middle and again gluten-free elements to the side. Come as you are ready.